Hey, I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Johnny Yee. Tune into our radio show, Philly Rock Live. We play the classic hard rock and metal from the 70s and 80s. We grew up on. We play the new music those same bands are making today. And we play new music from around the world. Not to mention the great bands from our own local scene. You will not hear a mix of music like this anywhere else. If it kicks ass, we, we play it. Philly Rock Live. Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Philly time. On phillyrockradio.com. Listen online with your mobile device or even your smart speaker. And now, and now, it's time for another edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast. We talk hard-hitting sports and bone-crunching metal. Sports and Metal, because sports and metal go better together. Now here's your host, Jason Voorhees, and Aaron Savage. Oh yeah! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast of 2021. I'm your host, Aaron Savage. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Jason Voorhees. Yeah, man. What's going on? Not much, man. It's a new year, and uh, I'm pumped to be back. And um, I'm going to start the show off right with the new year. Let's get right into it, brother. Hell yeah. (laughs) Let's start with your Eagles, bro. A lot of controversy this week. Uh, uh, we just unbelievable. We complete week seventeen of the NFL. It's been Eagles, Eagles, Eagles week after week because of the Carson Wentz stuff. And here we go again. The Eagles are back in the news for all the wrong reasons. Oh my I, god! I I can't <laughs> understand it. There's like thirty different themes that you would think should be more important, like the teams that are actually playing this weekend. Uh, yep. you know, a, a, a word, a potential award winners, and and you know, uh. Even the Browns, you know, they had five people today uh, come down with COVID. It's like yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But but I I guess you know it's just amazing that you have all these other stories and yet here we are. We're talking about the Eagles and <laughs> I, on, on the national level. It's it's just insane. I've never. I mean, the Eagles obviously in 2017 they were obviously a big story because they won the Super Bowl, but. It seems like they're a big story this year for all the wrong reasons. Like, it yep. just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I I guess, why don't you give me what you think? Uh, you know, what's your take on this uh, latest uh, drama? <laughs> all right. So, just to rehash. So, the Eagles-Washington game on Sunday, this past Sunday, week 17, last game of the season, it was actually flexed to the Sunday night game because it was going to be the only game left with playoff implications. Um, that being meaning, you know, the Giants um, had a chance still to win the division if, because they had defeated Dallas earlier in the day, if the Eagles defeated Washington. Now, let's start here. I mean, that in, it, in and of itself is, is absurd, because we're talking about the 6-10 and 10 Giants. <laughs> and uh, the, the, Wash, the, the at the time, the 6-9 and nine Washington Redskins – playing the at the time four and what 10 eagles whatever and yeah, a high, four, ten and one yeah exactly so these are all bad football teams that's what makes the whole thing even crazier but long story short so the game's flexed to sunday night jalen hurts is playing for the eagles not lighting it up by any means i think he had 72 yard passing into the third quarter you know it wasn't like he was blowing it up he did have two rushing touchdowns but the washington had a lead I, you know the eagles got close at that, that time in the fourth quarter all hell broke loose. Doug Peterson decides to bench Hurts 
for Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> the four-year Eagle who has, what, 10 total snaps in four years maybe? I don't know. But uh, he's you know going into the game, Peterson said he wanted to get him some snaps. He deserved it. But I think everybody was okay with that, assuming that that would be the case if the game was a blowout. Not a three-point game with playoff implications. You know, so as soon as he did that, all – you know, former and current Giants started tweeting that it was a joke. Eli Manning, I saw, tweeted, this is why we hate the Eagles. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. So, basically, even Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels in the booth commented about it. They said they'd never do it. They couldn't believe it. It basically became apparent to everyone that had any opinion that the Eagles were throwing this game, that they didn't care, and that they were throwing the game because they hate the Giants, and they, they had no intentions of trying to win this game. I don't know if that's true. I also, my take on it, Jay, is I don't care if it's true because my thing is this. If you're a team that's 6-10, and 10, you have no business complaining about anything. A 6-10 and 10 team does not deserve to be in the playoffs regardless. This is, that's my take on it. I, I, I can't imagine if all of these teams had winning records that this would even be a conversation or that the Eagles would have even done what they did. I mean, they're a 4-10 team. They won't, you know, they're resting guys. They have nothing to play for. They're getting a guy some snaps who never gets any. I don't necessarily think they did anything wrong. They have nothing to play for. None of these teams are any good. I just think the whole thing's ridiculous. And th- that's my take on it. I mean, I think the Giants fans all need to shut their pie holes because it's not like your team's good. You're six and ten. Dude, I'm a Dolphins fan, and I'm here stewing, pissed off that my team's not in the playoffs, and we're ten and six. Ten and six. And I gotta listen to Giants fans. Get out of here. Get out of town. I don't want to hear it. You know, that being said, on a side note, I'm glad Washington won the division because, dude, Alex Smith, I don't know if we've mentioned him on the show or not in the past few weeks. I don't remember. But the bottom line is this guy needs to be talked about also because he's a walking miracle. Dude, he he had a terrible compound fracture of his leg two years ago. That alone was career-ending in most cases, at least career-threatening, the injury alone. But then after the surgery, he got infected in the leg. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures, but his whole leg was black with gangrene. By the time they had cut all the gangrene out of the leg, it looked like, you know, a half-eaten chicken bone, like chicken leg. You know, you're eating a chicken leg and you're down to the bone. That's what it looked like. All the flesh was gone. This guy, as far as I'm concerned, is lucky to have a leg, let alone walk, let alone play in the NFL. So I'm glad to see Washington win the division because Alex Smith is there. The guy's a miracle. He's the comeback player, not only of the year, of the century, possibly, of all time. I mean, the guy is unbelievable what he's accomplished just to be standing on that field. So I'm happy to see Alex Smith in the playoffs. You know, that's my take on the whole thing. That's my honest take on it. I think the team that deserves it is there. Not that they're any good either, but just at least they have the talking point of Alex Smith. He's a miracle. And they are a much better team with him under center. I don't know the numbers, but I think they're like something like eight games over 500 since he signed with them. And they're like like 20 games under 500 when he's not playing. So, I mean, the team that deserves it to, to me is there. So, that's my take. What's yours, dude? All right. Well, uh, well, first of all, yeah, kudos and, and, and you know, much love to Alex Smith because you're right. He's uh, – I mean, what he's done this year is, is absolutely mind-boggling and amazing. And, you know, he definitely deserves – to be appreciated. I, I'm hoping that he does get comeback player of the year. If, if that still is an award, uh, he definitely deserves it. Oh, there's no question. He is. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that could be comeback player of the decade or, or, or <laughs> yeah, forever for that matter. But anyway, yep. uh, you know, 
my take on the whole uh, tanking situation. Now, first and foremost, I'm not going to lie. As a fan, you know where I've been standing on this team. I have been totally down on them. I'm so frustrated, and I want nothing bet. I want nothing more and better than for them to get a better draft pick. So, if you want to know my honest assessment, and, and I've never done this, and I probably am kind of embarrassed to say that I was, but I was actually rooting for them to lose the game before it even started. So, yeah, and I didn't well, get into that because well, they got a six round. A, a six. Well, well, what was their pick difference well, from the long win to loss? Ninth to six, right? Eight. Before the game started, if if uh, you know Houston had won, they could have went ahead of Miami. But the bottom line is, it, they went from having the sixth pick to the ninth pick if they won. So it was really only a yeah, three, that's my point. Three yeah. pick differential. Yeah. Now, like I said, that that's my 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 perspective as a fan. Now you got all these national media, and you have a ton of local media. You know, you know, chiming in on this subject. You know. Uh, I would say the majority of them are, are pissed off. And, you know, they're saying that, you know, the Eagles, they, they totally, uh, you know, disrespected the game. And they're using words like, you know, uh, lack of integrity, yada, yada, yada. Like, I'll give you an example. So ESPN Greeny, uh, you know, I'm sure you know who he is. Uh, yeah, of course, um, of course. You know, he's, he's running his mouth saying, you know, it's a disgrace. And, you know, you got people coming, you know, coming out saying that the Eagles should be you know, forfeit their pick and all this stuff. But the funny thing to me is, is that these are the same people and you can go back on the receipts and look at different tweets that they've made and different comments in the season. They're the same people that were making comments about other teams, you know, oh my God, the Jaguars, you know, they're making a big mistake by winning because they could have got the pick. (laughs) So it's almost like it's, it's so hypocritical to me that the same people that are bashing the Eagles for, for doing this are the same people that were bitching because the Jaguars and the Jets actually won some games and, you know, they were worried that they were going to blow their draft position. So to me, well, in our area, in our area, you know, the tri-state area alone, you, you just hit the nail on the head. All we've heard all season is Jets fans pissed off that they're winning these last couple of games I, until they lost to the Pats. Dude, they wanted their team to lose. So those same fans, whether they're Jets, Giants fans, or whoever's fans, how is it now a problem when the Eagles didn't throw a game but just took some players out? It's not like the Eagles were intentionally dropping passes. It's not like they did anything like that. They took a fucking player out, and they let another one get some snaps in a game that meant nothing to them. A game that meant nothing to them in a division that's garbage. Yeah, so think about it. Well, and, and, you know, furthermore, like, like I said, you had teams even in this, this week, you know, resting players, you know, either A, they didn't want to get hurt or B, uh, you know, they were already, you know, they were resting players so that, you know, they didn't care basically to the point. But then if you looked at the Eagles, they had 12 guys, 12 potential starters that they sat including players like Miles Sanders, you know, I mean, there was, you saw the list before the game. They they already went into the game at a disadvantage to the point where, you know, they were pretty much tanking the game in essence. Well, and and let's, let's take it a step further. I think, I think in reality, I think they kind of, 
you know, botched it from a, a, a you know, a perspective of, uh, you know, what through the lens, because, you know, they should have probably just sat, they probably should have just sat Hurst and started Sudfeld the whole game. Like, to me, I think maybe that, at that point, we wouldn't even... Well, no, I think if they had done that, I disagree with you there, because I think if they had done that, it would have been an uproar from the fucking kickoff. I think it would have just been a complete farce, because the Giants, obviously, in fairness to them, they did beat the Cowboys, and they were, you know, looking to watch that game at night to see the result, to see if they were going to be in the playoffs. So I think if the Eagles had done that, it would have been unfair. Uh, not necessarily unfair. I mean, they had the right to do it, but I think it would have raised more of an uproar. But what I was going to say is, how do you sing, single out the Eagles for benching some starters in a game that meant nothing to them in the fourth quarter when you had other games throughout the league that had playoff implications where the same scenarios were taking place, but, but maybe just as far as teams that were already in the playoffs resting players, but playing against teams that were trying to get into the playoffs? How's that any different? I'll give an, an example. The Steelers. The, the Steelers-Browns. They didn't start Roethlisberger. But the Browns needed that game to get in the playoffs, and that would have affected Miami. That would have affected Indianapolis. That would have affected Baltimore. The result was affecting the playoffs. Who was going to be there? How is that any different? Why are the why are the Steelers not being vilified? Because it's expected that they're going to rest players because they're already in the playoffs. I just you see what I'm yeah. saying. You you can't have it. If you're going to say that one way is a problem, then it's all a problem. You can't pick and choose. My point is, it's not like the Eagles intentionally dropped passes or intentionally fumbled. That would be no, different. I mean, obviously, we're it, never going to see that. But all they did is take it, a player out. That's yeah, it. Yeah, but no offense. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the Eagles are responsible for one thing. The Eagles. I, it, it, the Eagles well, that's my Eagles, point. Why am I the offended? There is no offense. The Eagles don't, <laughs> don't owe it to anybody to look out for the league and how they how their feelings are going to But, Jay, that's exactly what or, I'm saying. The Steelers are responsible exactly. for the Steelers. They're not going to play Roethlisberger I mean, so, and risk him getting injured when they've already clinched the playoff yeah, so, spot. So what it comes down to is the Eagles are doing what's best for the Eagles organization. And in reality, when it's all said and done, the game meant nothing to the Eagles as far as <laughs> – well, it meant nothing to the Eagles, just like the, the Steelers-Browns game meant nothing however, to the Steelers. If the Steelers were playing for however, seeding, which I don't believe they were. Hold on. Were the Steelers playing for seeding? I don't no, think so. No. Right? No. So, exactly. So, outside of that, the game meant nothing to them. The Bills, they weren't playing yeah, but for it, any but seeding. It, but, it hurt, but it hurt teams, like you said, like the Dolphins, other teams that could have gotten Well, in. that's my point. There's no difference, Jay. There's you no difference. See, you don't see the only difference is the Eagles were teams. You know, freaking out on the Steelers and, and you know – Giving them death threats because they exactly. But I'll, I'll be honest, I was disappointed that they weren't oh, starting yeah, Roethlisberger. That, that, of course, I was because I needed the, I needed the Browns to lose. If the Browns had lost, the Dolphins would be in the playoffs. Obviously. Despite their blowout loss, if the if the Browns had lost, the Dolphins would be in the playoffs. So of course, all Dolphins fans were upset that the Steelers didn't play Roethlisberger. But you don't hear a national story about it, and you're not hearing every Dolphins fan flip out and blame the Steelers that they're not in the playoffs. Because why wouldn't the Steelers rest Roethlisberger when they're already in the playoffs? That's funny to me. There's no difference. The only difference here is that the Eagles are not a playoff team, and they wanted to give another guy some snaps. Yeah, now, There's now, no difference. Now, now let, let, I have something important to bring up here now. So that was my opinion, and that was how I felt before you know, going into today. Now, my opinion has somewhat changed as far as I'm starting to see it from a different perspective 
because now there's some stories out. And I actually heard Miles Sanders go on the air today uh, for an interview in which he basically uh, basically called out the team without calling out the team. He basically said not one player was happy with how it went down. They, you know, in fact, they were very unhappy and very confused as to how it went down. And that's from fair. a player's perspective now, I'm starting to understand how this could be bad for the not only for the Eagles organization, but for other players looking around the league at the Eagles. That because I, I so, can see well, that. And, and, I can and, see and, that. And that's why I'm saying that I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm trying to see every side of this this argument. And I'm starting to understand that you ha- you can't just look at it from a fan or somebody that hasn't played the game because there's a lot of people that are chiming in that are ex-athletes, ex you know, ex-NFL players. And they're saying that it's not necessarily what the Eagles did, but how they went about it that makes That's it a, a fair bad point. Thing. And, and That's a fair point. And, 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 and what scares me as a fan now looking forward is, is this could actually be detrimental to the team especially if they're going to keep Peterson, because apparently there was a, a meeting that went down today, but nobody's heard anything. There's been no, you know, news that came out now. I, you know, Cause you know how reports are always, you know, there's a lot of reports out that, you know, there's speculation and rumors, but until it actually happens, you don't know. Like, you know, there was reports that Peterson will definitely be back, but I've seen that, you know, they said the same thing about chip and a day later he was gone. So to me, I don't believe every report I hear. So there was a meeting today. But my point is, is if Peterson is back, there's going to be a lot of damage control that he's going to have to, uh, you know, pull off here. Because, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I, I was originally just like, oh, my God, these people are crazy. But I'm looking at it now at a different in a different way, if, if you know what I mean. And, and, and so I guess. If you look at it from some of the players' perspectives, how it looks, it does look pretty bad. Well, and like I was saying, that is a fair point. But, Jay, that doesn't change my opinion of the situation as far as the league's reaction, as far as the Giants' reaction. That's an internal issue with the Eagles. And, th- and those are fair points. Those are fair points. But you know what that comes down to? That comes down to Coach Peterson not communicating with his players what his intentions were. For example, we just dealt with it in Miami. We go back two weeks ago when Tua was benched in the fourth quarter in a game that they needed against the Raiders and Fitzpatrick came in and you kind of as not a Dolphins fan and not following the team as closely as I do, you texted me and you immediately thought that that was like a quarterback yeah, controversy. And that, <laughs> exactly. And But as a Dolphin fan, I know because I watch them week after week and I follow the team that it's not the first time that they've done it. And I know that, you know, Coach Flores is very – good at communicating with his players what's expected of them and what their roles are going to be. And that if something happens, it might not dictate what's going to happen the following week. That's the point. That's on Peterson. He clearly did not tell his players what his intentions were or hear from his players how they felt about the game. You know what I'm saying? That's that. Like, for example, I'm sure that Coach Tomlin in Pittsburgh had a conversation with Ben Roethlisberger before that game that he was going to sit him to rest him for the playoffs. You know, that might be apples and oranges in that sense, because I'm sure Roethlisberger probably expected it. But still, I mean, you could have a situation where a franchise player says, I'm not sitting this game, and the coach has a disagreement. That's where the communication comes in. And again, again, my point is only, my point is only, I don't want to hear a 6-10 and Giants team complaining that the Eagles 
quote unquote through this game when they went six and ten. They lost three in a row in December. They had every opportunity to win that division and they didn't do it. This is not a ten and six team. This isn't even a nine and seven or an eight and eight team. Maybe then we could have a little bit of a different conversation. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it, That's it, all I'm getting. It, at. It, it, it looks bad on for their fans because honestly, I'd be embarrassed if I was a six and ten a, t- a fan of a six and ten team and bitching at another team that was four and eleven that lost. That's my point. Yeah. So to me, exactly. it's almost like, yep. Who's the embarrassment? I mean, yeah. I oh yeah okay, yeah. I mean the Eagles the Eagles are an embarrassment well, for many reasons. At the end of the that's day, a whole different conversation. At the end of the day, yeah, the team is an embarrassment. But yeah, and and maybe what Peterson did internally I, is an embarrassment. It clearly wasn't I handled also right. Do believe, you know, and I also do think that there's a point that no one's really talking about. Everyone's just assuming that this was Doug Peterson's decision. But if you want my honest opinion. Something like that, if, if it really was a true tanking situation where they said, well, we want the sixth pick, you don't think that came from ownership? I don't think Doug Peterson would have even the right to make that call at that point. I actually agree I mean, with you. That's that's the world we're honestly, living in. You know? like, that had to come from ownership. And so if if that's even what well, happened, well, you know, maybe they well, really had the intention of putting Sudfeld well, in that game. Peterson, Peterson said well, he did, you know. Saying, and I think a lot of the reason that maybe the players were, were confused is I don't think the Eagles actually going into the game believed or had any any reason to believe that they would be in that game. And, and going into that, you know, the end of the game, they were actually like right there. And I think that's kind of what made it more kind of, confusing that they pulled her controversial exactly. that's the point that's like what even said, collinsworth and al well, michael like said, said in the booth. They, they were like down, if it was a blowout had they yeah. been down 24 to 7 and and they were putting sudfield in it would be a lot more different you know as far as optics go than pulling the guy when you were up only down by three but yeah but, i agree 100 i could also argue Hertz hadn't played great yeah he had two rushing touchdowns with for but they were both short yardage you know runs and his passing stats were actually pretty horrible in fact i think he was eight for 20 with 72 yards stats were actually almost identical to the week that when wentz got pulled for hurts yeah so dude that's where i was saying in the beginning it's not like hurts was lighting it up and and look look we could argue to a blue in the face whether it was a tank or not i can't imagine an nfl team is going to quote unquote tank now, did they maybe not try their hardest to win the game? Clearly, because they made that quarterback change. But, I mean, it, like you said, it's not like Kurtz was lighting it up. I, th- these are gray areas. My thing from day one is I don't want to hear the Giants yeah, fans complain. Yeah, and I don't want to hear That's I don't want to hear all these analysts and quote-unquote experts, you know, playing both sides of the fence because that's what they're doing. You, you can't say one week that the Jaguars are stupid for winning and not losing to get a quarterback. 100%. And then, yep. call, then three weeks later say the Eagles are a disgrace to the league and they're an absolute joke and act like they did something that was like, you know, you know, cheating almost. Because that's what they're basically saying is that the Eagles cheated. Dude, it's, it's absurd. It's like we just said. All these playoff teams <laughs> that were playing teams that were trying to get into the playoffs that rested their players should be equally and vilified. Dude, you know, Dude, seriously. And, and, and let's let's go one further. Like, it's not like they went from like it they went from this, they went from maybe having the ninth pick to the sixth. It's not like they were like almost at the point of having like the 20th pick 
and they lost like five games in a row so they could get the first pick. I mean, even then, <laughs> yeah. that would be like, oh, wow, they, they tanked. But, I mean, like, really, dude, it's three – like, I don't know. I, like I said – I. I don't think there's any tanking in the NFL unless just, you guys intentionally dropping passes or intentionally yeah, exactly. fumbling. I mean, or intentionally this isn't this, I mean, because NFL players have this pride. This is the process where they lost three years in a row where they actually had, like, a garbage roster so that they could get better picks every year. Yeah, but even that is not necessarily tanking. That just means your team yeah. sucks. Tanking means throwing the game, like the 1919 Black Sox. You know, tanking is like exhibition. Taking is a joke. Like, you're still playing NFL athletes on the field. Whether or not they're your, you know, your your first squad, that's a whole different conversation. But don't sit and tell me that these guys aren't in the NFL because they have no talent. Anybody that's out there is trying to win a game. That's You're insulting the guys who are on the field accusing them of tanking. You're insulting Sudfeld. You're saying that he intentionally thrown a game. I can't imagine that that well, guy would sleep at night if that well, was the case. You're not gonna it's a joke. This, but like, he was getting like death threats from Giants fans. Well, well I guess ridiculous. you could believe it. I mean, yeah, I mean, but, believe anything. I but... mean, the poor guy, like, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, he's just trying to like earn a living <laughs> as as a you know a third string quarterback in the NFL that probably will never get a shot at a start. You know, some of these guys, like, that's the only way they could ever even have a shot. Is, is, is this yep. kind of a situation? So, I mean, yep, yep. you know, like I said, it, when it's all said and done, I, I think you're right. I think it's two separate issues. I think the Eagles have their own issues, uh, you know, as far as the team goes. But, you know, as far as, you know, Giants fans and, you know, I saw Eddie Trunk even, you know, jumping in on, you know, I love Eddie Trunk, but it's just, it's just funny that <laughs> you see these guys that never even talk about football or even like jumping in saying, oh. Well, I know, I know Eddie's a big yeah. Giants fan. I know Eddie's oh, a big Giants fan. But I'll tell you, Eddie Trunk, man, come on. I saw his <laughs> tweets. He's complaining. What did he say? He hoped, uh, what did he say about the Eagles? Uh, the he just, he had quite a few. And then he went on a radio he had quite a few show things talking to say, about yeah. it today. I, I love the guy. But like we I still said, love I, you, Eddie. You know, it's just funny that you're seeing all these people coming out. Like, I mean, Ja Rule, yep. Ja Rule made an appearance. When's the last time you saw Ja Rule? <laughs> I know. Well, we still love you, Eddie Trump. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about these playoff matchups. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, I would like to uh, – see what your uh, thoughts are moving forward and who, wh- yeah, what your picks are. All right, well, let's see what we got. So this week we got the wild card round. We're just, I'm just going to give you my picks for yeah. this week and then I'll, uh, who I think, and then I'll, if you want, I'll, I don't know if I'll give you my Super Bowl pick per se, but I'll certainly tell you who I want to win. Um, well, let's look what we got this week. Well, we got, I, I, um, I'm looking at not who you want to win, but who you think will win. I'll, I'll yeah. give you a little of both. I, it's tough. It's tough. But let me just get into this. So we got, Saturday wild card round, we got the Colts and Bills at one. Then we got the Ravens and Titans Sunday at one. So what do we got here? We got the Browns and Steelers Sunday at 8.15. We got the Rams and Seahawks Saturday at 4.40. We have the Bucks and Redskins Saturday at 8.15. And we have the Bears and Saints Sunday at 4.40. All right. Let's see that. So let's look at the wild card round. I'll give you my picks for this weekend. Uh, in the Bills-Colts game, I'm going to go Bills. I'm going to go hard Bills on this. I think the Bills have become a far better team than I thought they were going to be this year. I think even if you look at the Bills the first half of the season, I think they're a totally different team the second half of the season. 
I think their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Um, Stephon Diggs is, is just – he's unbelievable. He's, like, playing at, like, an elite top receiver in the league level. He's playing at that level, dude. He's playing on a Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill level. He's unbelievable. I think Josh Allen has come into his own. He's a stud. I think the Bills win this one pretty handily. Um, I saw on your blog you put you picked the Bills 37-29. Uh, you know, I think that's a fair score. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that, Jay. Okay. Um the Ravens Tennessee Titans game. Why don't you give me your pick first? Well, I and I'll tell you what I think. I don't want to spoil all your picks no, that's from your okay. blog. So why don't you pick I, this one first? I, I you know, I both teams uh, obviously run the ball. Um, you know, Tennessee, obviously, uh, with Derrick Henry, he's, you know, he just became the eighth player, only eighth running back of all, you know, to hit 2,000 yards. They, they love to pound the ball. But, you know, they're multi, multi-faceted on that offense. And uh, I, 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 I got to be honest with you, I think Tennessee is kind of like, it's almost disrespectful. Like I feel that, you know, they're, they're never talked about. They're slept on, you know, as far as the AFC, I, you know, obviously you always hear about the chiefs and obviously I know why, but my point is, is I think Tennessee, if there's any team in the AFC that could beat the chiefs, it is Tennessee. And I, um, I have the Titans winning 38 to 33 over the Ravens. I, I do think this game is going to be a lot closer than last year's, uh, you know, I, you know, I was kind of disappointed last year with the Ra- Ravens. Um, but I think Lamar Jackson definitely, uh, he's one of the most exciting players in the league to watch. And he always seems to, you know, obviously last year he didn't play well, but I think he's going to have a lot to prove. And for that reason, I think this game will be a lot closer. But I, I in the end, Tennessee is definitely going to win. So, I, all right, for me, um, I mean, I think Tennessee's an unbelievable team as well. Derrick Henry's an absolute monster. We've talked about it on the show. I think Ryan Tannehill is the most underappreciated and underrated player in the league. I mean, I think those two guys, you could make an argument for co-MVP. I mean, uh, Derrick Henry in any season from 2,000 yards is, is an MVP. I just also look at Tannehill since he's joined that team, how good they've been. You know, they were under 500 last year when Tannehill took over for Marcus Mariota. Derrick Henry was on that team, so I don't think you can underestimate how much Tannehill's meant to that team because it was when he took over, they became who they are now. They went to the AFC Championship last year, and they've picked up where they left off this year. So, And then you have A.J. Brown, who's a monster. Um, I just think it's a dynamic offense. They, they like to pound the ball, but they can also throw the other. They have the deep threat. Um, I, I do have concerns. I, I want Tennessee to win this game, I'll admit. Um, I think they will win this game. Um, I like them better than the Ravens. I like them because I love Ryan Tannehill, obviously, and I just root for them because of that. But I, I do have concerns in this game, Jay. I'm concerned about the Ravens in a revenge game here. They got destroyed in the, in the playoffs last year. It's a rematch. And uh, the Ravens are also a force coming down the stretch. I mean, this is the kind of, to me, the theme of the AFC. The AFC is a loaded yeah. conference. And all these teams are really came hot down the stretch. Even the Dolphins, who didn't make the playoffs, came pretty hot down the stretch until the last couple of weeks where they were shaky, obviously, where they had the miracle win against the Raiders and got com- completely destroyed by the Bills. Although I just told you, the Bills, to me, have really, like, 
taken their game to the next level. So I don't know if there's necessarily shame in getting destroyed by the Bills, but they did. <laughs> but um, I, I think the AFC, there's a lot to be said for the quality of, of you know, the quality of the teams that are in the playoffs in the AFC. And I, it's going to be a tough one. I'm going to pick Tennessee. I'm going to say 35-27 is going to be my final. But I, I'm scared. I, 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 Lamar Jackson's playing like he played last year. Um, they're coming down the stretch hard. I think they won five in a row. This team is scoring at will. So it's going to be a tough one. I, I'm going to take the Titans, though. Um, that brings us to the Browns-Steelers game rematch from this Sunday. Whew. I'm going to – I'll go first on this. I'm not going to reveal your pick. I'll let you do it um, like I did on the first well, one. Sorry well, no, that. I just – real quick, <laughs> I, I think so far we're both kind of almost dead on with, with our both of our yeah, takes. Yeah, So Yeah, so well, as far as Ravens-Steelers go, I mean, uh, Browns-Steelers goes another tough one. I, I, I want the Browns. I love Jarvis Landry. I love Nick Chubb. I just like that. I love the Browns because I like to see a team that hasn't been there in so long be there. I just like the Browns. They're, te- they're a team I like. I genuinely like that team. I'm sick of the Steelers. Um, I, I, I got another game that concerns me. Uh, the Browns obviously pulled it off this past weekend to get in, but the Steelers were resting Roethlisberger. At the same time, the Steelers kind of, you know, really just kind of like slumped down the stretch, you know, crawled to the finish line. They were 11-0. and And what did they lose, like three to final four or four in a row? I don't even remember. So it's tough. It's going to be a close one. I'm going to take the Browns in this one. 27-21. I'm going to take the Browns. But, again, I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, we're, like, we're exactly in the same mindset on all these games. So I'm I'm loving this because usually we have a lot of disagreements. But I (laughs) – I think it will be a tough game, but I'm picking the Browns as well, and I got them winning 27 to 23. Uh, my reason okay. for taking the Browns when it's all said and done is just I think the Steelers down the stretch were, were horrible. And, I, and, oh, I, and I, I think the X factor is this is the first year in, that I can remember in, 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 in my, you know, in the last recent memory where the Steelers were not good on the ground. Their running game was actually ranked last. Yeah. How bad is that? They're gen- I guess, I guess the what concerns me in this game, ball, too, like every year. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I guess what concerns me, too, in this game is the fact that it was as close as it was last week and Roethlisberger sat. And then also, like we mentioned earlier in the show, oh, oh the head coach is out, COVID. The Browns have a little bit of a COVID problem right now. <laughs> I just hope they can persevere. Maybe it's going to create a, like a win-one for the Gipper type of vibe where it's like, you know, coming through trials and tribulations coming through. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm rooting for the Browns, but I think it's going to be a close Yeah, I think, I think they take their next step, and that's – I hope so. That brings us to the Rams-Seahawks game. Uh, to me, I think this one is going to be – I think the Seahawks are going to surprise you. I think we're going to see them, the Russell Wilson we were seeing earlier in the season. I don't think they're going to hold them back. I think the Seahawks win this one 35-21. That's that's my pick. I think it's going to be – I don't think this game's going to be as close as the other ones. I think the Steelers take this one. What do you think? All right, well, here's our, here's our, here's our first disagreement. Um, I, yep. I love the Seahawks. I love Russell Wilson. I love everything about that team. Uh, but once again, other than Russell Wilson, they're kind of 
one-dimensional as far as they don't run the ball. I think uh, if, if you look at both of the teams, uh, you look at them. Uh, Rams, uh, you know, as far as their offense, it kind of sputtered this year. Uh, they were 22nd in points scored, uh, they, but they were yep. 11th in total yards. And part of that is is that they 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 quietly run the ball very well. They they didn't have any like you know guys that were like you know you know up in the top echelon of yards. But as far as you know, the running backs they have three good running backs uh, that all can bring something different to the table. They all catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Jared Goff should be back, which. I think if Goff was out, I would definitely take the, the Seahawks. But I think with Goff, I mean, I know he's had his uh, share of uh, criticisms like Wentz, but he did he did make it to the Super Bowl only two years ago. And um, he does have a good receiving core with uh, Cup and uh, Woods. Um, that being said, I think the reason the Rams win the game is I think their defense, which actually ranked first in both total – total uh, yards and points whereas the Seahawks defense was a lot more middle of the packish and they give up a lot of yards through the air um, but like I said I think it will come down to turnovers that was my big thing in this uh, pick and I think the Rams are going to create uh, points off of turnovers and that's why I got them winning 28 to 27 so all right, I will say this, and that, as far as that game goes, Seahawks defense, I think, improved throughout the season. Early in the season, it was awful, awful. Remember, I don't know if you recall, I mean, every game was like brutal shootouts. I think their defense improved, and I just don't have confidence in Goff. I think that's the difference. I think Seattle's defense is good enough to stay in the game and, and allow Russell Wilson to do his thing, and I, I think it becomes too much. I think the Seahawks wear them down, and I think they win it. I think Russell Wilson – He's carried the team on his shoulders before, and I, I can see him doing it again. So that's where I'm with that. Um, that brings us to the Washington-Tampa Bay game. So obviously I talked about I love Alex Smith. I wish the Redskins had a shot, but I think this is going to be the blowout of the week. Um, I think my I'm going to say something around – I'm going to say something about so – I'm going to say 38 to 15. I think I think Tampa Bay wins this game handily. I, I think I know Washington had a very solid defense throughout the season, but man, I, I I'm shocked at how good Tom Brady still is. He quietly had a monster year. I didn't really pay too much attention to him this year. I was just looking at his stats the other day. I think he had like 4,500 yards again. I'm not looking, so don't hold me to it precisely, but he was among the league leaders in yards, top three or five, 40 touchdown passes. He was the Tom Brady of old. He, he, he had the best year he's had in four or five years. Um, already set the franchise record for touchdown passes for Tampa Bay in his first season there. The guy's ageless, man. It's like we didn't talk about Tom Brady at all this year. And I'll admit, I slept on him. But, I mean, the Bucs have played better football in the last month or two than they had earlier in the season. Their offense is just scoring at will. Um, I think they win this one handily. I don't think the Redskins defense holds them down at all. Yeah, I I have to kind of agree. I have that as my I have it as my lock and also blowout of the week uh for the same reasons you talked about. I mean, the Bucks not only did, did Tom Brady himself have a stellar year and and a, a year that nobody's talking about, but like you said, uh 
their offense as a whole, they were third in points and seventh in yards. I mean, they had a monster. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like I didn't think of it. I didn't pay attention. You know, um, the addition of Antonio Brown at the the end of the year, obviously played eight games, and uh, he looks like a changed man. I mean, you didn't hear one peep out of him, uh, you know, as far as off the field stuff. And I don't know if I'd say he's changed. I think he's just knows well, I got, that he's Hey, listen, gone. if that's the case, <laughs> whatever it is, I got to be honest. Antonio Brown last week looked like the Antonio of a Brown of old. And if that's he the did. case, he Tampa did. Bay is going to be scary in this, in this playoffs. Uh, I agree. Tampa Bay could be I mean, my they sleeper. Are, I, I, I hate to sleep on Brady, dude. You know what it reminds me of right now, Jay? Right now, the Bucks are reminding me of all those years where the Patriots ended up winning the Super Bowl when it was like every year you thought that they weren't going to, and then they did. And it got to the point where you just year after year, just assumed that they would, you know what I mean? Like for a long period of time, there was year after year where you didn't really factor the Patriots. And then they got to the AFC championship game or the Super Bowl, And then maybe they won the Super Bowl or maybe they lost in the Super Bowl, but they were there, but it got to the point where they started doing it so much that year after year, you just started assuming they'd be there and it became, you didn't think about it. I, that this Bucks team almost reminds me of that. Like, like some of the earlier Pats teams where you kind of slept on them and then they crept up and won it all. I, I hate to say that, but dude, I, it seems that way. It seems like this team kind of crept up on you and they're playing the best te- that they've played all season. And in this particular game too, I just, obviously we're talking about the Bucks offense being as dynamic as, as it is. But I think also the fact that the Washington offense is not dynamic, it's just going to not keep them on the field enough to stop Brady well, from doing what he does. You know yeah, what I mean? And then let's face it. While Washington's defense gets all the hype as far as, you know, you know, around the league, let's not forget the Bucs were eighth in defense in points and sixth in yards. The Bucs have a damn good defense True. themselves. So, I, I yeah. honestly, like I said, I would like, obviously, everyone's rooting for Alex Smith, but I have the Buccaneers winning 45 to 24, and the only reason it's 24 is, you know, a garbage touchdown at the end of the game. So, I, I, I think we're right on on that pick. Now here's the uh, this yep, next one's yep. going to be the uh, surprise. Yep, this is the last game of the weekend, last pick of the weekend. We got the Bears Saints. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that this game's going to be closer than a lot of people I... think. I know the Saints were 12 and four in the regular season. The Bears were eight and eight. But I'm telling you, Drew Brees just does not look like the Drew Brees of old. I think the team's got some holes. Um, I'm not sure of Alvin Kamara's status. Do you know if he's going to be back for this game? I don't. I don't think he will. COVID. And that's why I had. That's why I was leaning the way I'm leaning. Okay. Well, I, obviously, I know you're going to lean Bears in this one based on what you just said, and I, I'm not trying to spoil it. I'm not. I'm. I'm looking at your blog as we do these, but I'm not reading that far down to see what you picked. But I will say this. I'm going to go with the Saints, but I think it's going to be a low-scoring, close game. I'm going to go with the Saints, 21-17 in this one. Okay. And, and again, again, I think it's going to be – it's it's not the Saints of old. So, let's hear yeah, what you well, got. I, well, obviously, I, I kind of spoiled it myself, but I, I have this as my upset of the week. Uh, I think if – if the Saints were at full strength, 100%, meaning if they had Michael Thomas and Alan Kamara, 
and, you know, they were firing on all cylinders, this could be a blowout. But they're missing those two players. I, I think Don't quote me on Kamara, but I, I think as far as I know, it's a Saturday game, and I heard he was going to miss. Or is it Sunday? Yeah. It is Sunday, but I think he is going to miss because he had COVID. So, bottom line is, I think a lot of people and the Bears, I think the Bears are better than the 8-8 eight and eight record shows. They played much better down the stretch. Uh, the way David Montgomery played his last five weeks, if he would have played that way all year, he, he could have been second in rushing to Derrick Henry this year. That's how good of a season he had. Um, yeah. And their quarterback has actually made a lot of progress. I just think that the, the Bears always play good in the playoffs, and they always seem to play teams close, no matter who they're playing. They, even in years where they were expected to be blown out, they end up playing well, and they always seem to play good against the Saints. So that for that reason, that's why I'm picking them for my upset. And I got it 28-24. to 24. All right, cool. I can see it, man. All right, cool. Anyway, um, let's move on. Before we wrap the show up, I know um, we had a terrible loss in the metal community this year. Yeah, week. it's really sad. What? Why don't you uh, tell us about it? I'll let you tell us. All right. Well, uh, for those of you that don't know the band, but there's a band called Children of Bodom, and uh, Alexi Lahu uh, passed away uh, suddenly. At, the news just came out yesterday. So uh, really sad loss around the metal community. Uh, a lot of people uh, weighing in on it. And, you know, a lot of people might not know that name, but the guy was a phenomenal frontman and guitarist. I mean, totally underrated. Uh, if you've never heard their work, check it out. He, he was amazing. And uh, how do you know how I, he passed I, I haven't heard any reports. I, I don't know if there was a report that came out. Um, I, it just said sudden, the last report that I read. Very sad, and you know, you, I'd say twenty twenty rolls on, but it's twenty twenty one. So yeah, it's, <laughs> but, that's one thing. That's that's one sad thing that you're you're never that never goes away. Uh, people, you know, passing. So yeah, yeah, not not metal related, but you saw Tanya I, Roberts I passed away, and there was a report that she didn't, and now <laughs> came out yeah. that she did. Yeah, oh, now she did. Yeah, I couldn't believe she was sixty five. She was gorgeous when we were growing. Yeah, that was. Oh my God, she she was one of the ones that was everybody one of had a crush heartthrobs, on. Aaron. <laughs> of course, yeah. I can't believe she was sixty-five, but yeah. It's, so that was some sad news. But uh, anyway, brother, first show of the new year in the books. I'm pumped. I'm ready for some football this weekend. Definitely. Um, yeah. So we'll see how our picks pan out. Well, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to everybody well, next quick. week. Why don't you give me who what you got? Your Super Bowl pick is. Because oh we, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't want to do that. Cut you off, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I'm glad you reminded me. I apologize. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. My Super Bowl pick is going to be the Chiefs. Okay. That being said, I know I'm not really committing as much as you'd like me to. I kind of hinted at it earlier in the in the show. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks won the Super Bowl. They're my sleeper pick. The Bucks are actually my sleeper pick. Because I told you why. I think they're just firing all cylinders. I can't ever count Tom Brady out. And I just think, you know, they have they have the ability to, to win it all. 
Um, and uh, obviously Brady brings the pedigree. Uh, who do I want to win the Super Bowl? I want the Titans. I want the Titans. I want Tannehill to get a ring. I think he deserves it. I'm a huge fan. And uh, I wish I, we didn't get into this in the show too much either. But I, I wish he was still a Dolphin. I would love to see Tannehill still in Miami with the team being built around him like he got in Tennessee. You know, we, we have, we've improved so much since he left. And we have like a whole bunch of draft picks in this coming draft. You know, we would have still had most of them. All we got in the Tannehill trade, we traded, I think, a sixth-round pick for a seventh and, a, and, an, and an eighth-round pick. I don't remember. There was a couple of draft picks involved, but it was, we gave up a pick and got two back in that trade. I don't remember now what they were, but it's not like we got all of our draft picks from the Tannehill trade. We got them all from the Tunsil trade to Houston and other trades that we made. Minka Fitzpatrick, yada, yada. So I just feel like the, the opportunity would have been there that kept Tannehill. Obviously, Gase traded him, but – uh signed him to a long-term deal and built around him. So I, I just root for him all the time. I love him. And I want my, the, the, the team I want to win it is the Titans. So there's my Super Bowl picks, if you will. What do okay, you got? For well, me? I, I kind of like how you did that. You gave your picks and then you gave who you want to win. Yeah. I yeah. gave my actual pick, my sleeper. Pick, so who I want to win <laughs> my actual pick for the Super Bowl is I, well, I have, I have, the Chiefs and Packers in the Super Bowl, and I have the Packers winning ultimately 37-34. So that's my pick. My sleeper, my sleeper is going to be the Tennessee Titans because uh, I, I, I really do believe that if there is a team that will beat the Chiefs and can, it's them. And I think well, Buffalo and the can team, too. Well, Don't get me you wrong. Just, you just kind of spoiled it, but the team that I want to win the Sorry. Super Bowl is the Buffalo Bills. And the reason for that is I don't know if you remember when we were growing up, but I actually had a slight affinity for the Bills. And as a matter of fact, I had I had a Buffalo Bills jacket. They were kind of like my second team. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot but about that. But now you remember <laughs> now that I bring it up. And, and I, just yeah. because of that, you know, the four years when they went and they never won. I just really think that those they have diehard fans, kind of like they, their fans kind of remind me of Eagles fans, and I just I, I would really like to see them win it because I think yeah I think you did that when we were younger because you know I like the Dolphins. I kind of do rivals. too. I, I never brought that up. <laughs> just like when we used to. Yeah, I remember I used to wear my Dolphins park. Just all like the time. when we used to to sit across from each other uh, in the uh, in our yards and shoot chemicals. <laughs> When we were like four years old, shooting water guns at each other. <laughs> anyway, brother, let's wrap it up. Listen, great show. Glad we got it in. And um, listen, man, let's see how football. And that's our show. Tune in next time for more sports and metal. With Jason Voorhees and Aaron Savage. Got something to say? Hit us up at sportsandmetal0423 at yahoo.com or on Twitter at sportsandmetal.